Hello, and welcome to the Coastal Church Audio Podcast. In this weekly podcast, you'll be inspired and equipped through the power of God's Word to live an overcoming life. And now for this week's message. Yesterday morning, we had prayer every Saturday morning, 8 o'clock, prayer in the house. We're a church that believes in prayer. Absolutely, we're a church that believes in the Bible. Just so you know that, if you're confused about that, we believe in prayer and we believe in the Bible. And we just believe that God, times change, but God's Word doesn't change. It's timeless. God says, I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. So that's where we are. We're a Bible-believing church. We love the Holy Spirit. We love prayer. Yesterday, we're at prayer. We always start with a little bit of an instruction on prayer. And we were in the book of Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 40, verse 27. It says, why do you say, O Jacob? And he could say, why do you say, O Coastal Church? Why do you say, and speak, O Israel? My way is hidden from the Lord, and my just claim is passed over by my God. Have you not known? Have you not heard? They were saying stuff because they'd forgotten what they had heard earlier. Sometimes we've learned the truth, we've studied it, but time goes on and we forget what we learned. He said, why are you saying this? Have you forgotten what you learned? You know, it's very important what we listen to. We all hear, but it's what we're listening to that's important. Would you agree? Because you can listen to all kinds of stuff. And today we have more options than we've ever had before. You can listen to podcasts. You can listen to ITV, TV, radio. We've got so many voices coming at us. That's why one of the taglines for our conferences is, is your voice being heard? Above the clutter of voices, is your voice being heard? Well, there's a lot of stuff to listen to. But we have to hear God through all of that. If we don't hear God, faith isn't there. If faith isn't there, well, then guess what? We don't see our prayers working. We don't see life working. Faith comes by hearing God's Word. Fifteen times, Jesus says, He who has an ear to hear, let him hear. So it's very important what we listen to. We're all listening to something, but here he's saying in Isaiah, Have you not heard? What are you listening to that you're asking these questions? There was a... Cherokee native that went to New York to visit his friend years ago, and as they were walking down the street, and if you've been to New York, we think Vancouver sidewalks are busy. They're not busy. Go to New York. New York has busy, busy sidewalks. Wall-to-wall people, taxi cabs, got the horns blasting, construction happening. There's a lot of noise on the sidewalks. They're walking down the street, and the Cherokee native looks over at his friend, and he says, I think I just heard a cricket. He goes, what? Yeah, I heard a cricket. He says, how can you hear a cricket? Are you serious? There's horns honking. There's all this noise. You didn't hear a cricket. He says, oh, yeah, I heard a cricket. He didn't believe it. So he says, I'm going to prove it to you. I'm going to find the cricket. He goes, oh, really? So the guy starts looking around the cracks, and he, he's listening, and he comes over to this little planter. There's a tree growing out of this planter. He digs around the dirt, and he says, there it is. There's the cricket. He goes, I can't believe you found a cricket amongst all this noise. I can't believe you heard it. He says, well, it all depends what you're listening for. He says, let me show you something. So he reaches in his pocket, pulls out a bunch of change, quarters, dimes, nickels, so forth, and he drops it on a busy New York sidewalk where they were standing. He drops that, that change, and as it hits the sidewalk, everybody just stops and looks for the money, and they're all, where's the money? <laughs> and then he says to his friend, he says, you know what? That cricket was as loud as a coin hitting the pavement. You heard the coin, but you didn't hear the cricket. Is what have you trained your ear for? That's a powerful analogy. What have we trained our ear to listen to? And God's saying here, what have you been listening? Have you not heard? You've heard this. Then he goes on to say that uh, he never gets weary, 
His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak. To those who have no might, he increases strength. Even youth shall faint and be weary, and the young man shall utterly fall. There's a limit to human endurance. We're only so strong. We can only do so much. There's a limit to it. But he's saying God's strength never grows weary. He's always strong. Then it goes on, but those who wait on the Lord. This word wait is not a passive word. It doesn't mean just sit there and hum in a lotus position until God shows up. Hum, hum, God will show up, hum. That's not, that's not the wait here that it's talking about. This word wait, it's a Hebrew word, kava. Kava means to twine, to enter, like, like braiding a rope. Have you ever braided a rope? You intertwine something, and after you braid it, it's always stronger than the single strand was. And this word braid means to intertwine your life with, with God, to kavah with Him. And today, right now, as you're sitting here, you're kavahing. You're, you're intertwining your life with God. When you leave today, you may not realize it, but you're stronger than when you came in. When you go through those exit doors, you're stronger than when you came in. It's a law. You're stronger. You intertwine. Unless your mind is in, you know, somewhere else. I don't know. If you're in Hawaii the whole time while you're speaking, well, then maybe not. But if you're at all listening, if you're at all active, participating, having deep thinking about what's happening today, you're going to leave stronger because you have kavad, you've intertwined your life with God. When you're walking down the street and you've got your earphones on and you're listening to a podcast or you're, you're memorizing a scripture or you're doing a devotion or you're singing or you're looking out at the North Shore Mountains and say, God, you're an amazing, amazing artist. Look at your creation. I praise you. Just that little bit of praise, that's kavaying. If you say your prayers before you go to bed at night, those who way to intertwine life group intertwining your life with God says you shall renew your strength on your bulletin today we have a verse and that's your verse for the month we also have weekly verses that's the platinum level the gold level is one verse a month now I'm going to challenge you a bit this morning coastal church and my challenge for you is really encourage you to know those verses as I was praying and getting ready for the service this weekend I felt the Holy Spirit just challenged me that, that some of us were just kind of letting it slip by. I think it's for somebody else, they need it, but I don't need it. And the Holy Spirit saying, every one of those verses, as God's been speaking to our church, we need them. And there's a test coming. I'm not going to give you a test. Your life group leader is not going to give you a test. God's going to set up a test. And you know you're going to find? You're going to find those were the verses, what was spoken on, is what's going to give you strength to get through the challenges. The Bible says, hide God's Word in your heart. Write it on your heart. It didn't say, write it on your iPhone. It didn't say, write it on your sticky note. I mean, you can do that if it helps to get you in your, in your heart, but we, the only way to get it in your heart is to get it in your brain, and from your brain, it takes about a 10-inch drop into your heart. And when it's hidden in your heart, when the challenge comes, the obstacle, the trial, the test of life, the words that we've been memorizing this year, it'll come back and it'll give you strength to rise above the situation. When we came back from California now, we're driving along the road, we saw lots of eagles. Aren't eagles amazing? They love watching eagles. They got their wings out there and they're soaring above the heights and you just, they're just majestic. But you don't see, eagles are different than you know, other birds. They, they just seem to soar on the thermal currents. This verse here, you will soar as an eagle, 
is a simile. It's a comparison. The eagle's not flapping the whole time. It's not there, oh, I've got to stay up here, I've got to stay up here. <laughs> that would be its own strength, but it's using the thermal currents. It's using the strength of the wind to soar. God says, if you will wait on me, I will give you strength. I will put wind behind your sails. You will do things beyond your strength. You won't grow weary. Those that are young and trying to do it all on their own, whether they be old and doing it all on their own, they're flapping for all their worth. They're running out of strength. But I am going to give you a strength. I will give you the lift, this law of lift, which overcomes the law of gravity. Planes operate on the law of lift. And there's a law, a spiritual law at work here, when you're doing what you're doing today, you're kavahing, you're, you're praying, you're, you're with Him. There's a strength that comes so that we don't grow weary. That's supposed to be an introduction to the message, and we're now halfway through. So anyhow, we got a blaze. So let's go to this. We're going to talk about purpose for the month of August, devoted to purpose, and we should be devoted to purpose. Do you know that you were created with purpose and for purpose? There are you are a designer brand. You are one of a kind. And there's no clones. There's no knockoffs. You're it. You're this designer brand. God designed you. He created you uh, intentionally. You're created with purpose. And you're marvelously, wonderfully created. Everybody asks these questions in life. Some people say, why am I here? Where did I come from? What was I born to do? Where do I fit? What should I do with my life? Why am I different? Where am I going? Who am I really? Sometimes I feel like a fake. Who am I? This is not a religious question. This is a human question. That Every person asks these questions. And we wonder, who am I? What am I here for? We wrestle with this. Everybody, if we're honest, wrestles with this question of purpose. Rick Warren wrote a book on purpose, and it sold over 30 million copies. One of the reasons it sold so many copies is because there's just a hunger for people to know their purpose. We want to be devoted. If we're devoted, then we should be devoted to the purpose that God made us for. So point number one, everything in life has a purpose. If you're taking notes, you can write in the words, everything in life has a purpose. John 1, 3 says, all things were made and came into existence through Him. Everything was created through Him. And without Him was not even one thing made that has come into being. God didn't make anything just for the fun of it. Oh, this would be kind of neat. Let's just make this. No, no. Everything was created with and designed for a specific purpose. Every animal has got a purpose. Every organ in your body has a purpose. Every cell in your body has a purpose. We don't totally understand even the way our body works, all the little, you know, what exactly every part does. But as science goes along, they're more and more amazed at the intricacy of design, that there must have been a designer behind this, because everything just seems to have a specific purpose in mind. And so do you have a purpose. When God created the heavens, He created the stars, He created the moon, He created the planets, He created the trees, He created the birds and all these different things, but He also created you. We look at creation and we think, oh, God created that, He created that, but He created you. I am created by God. I am His creation. You are His creation. And the only way you can know what your purpose is, is to go ask the Creator, I brought a fan with me today, electric fan as a way of illustration. I could turn it on and help the air movement in the building, but uh, we just brought it here as an illustration. 
The guy who invented the fan in 1882 was a guy by the last name was Wheeler. He lived in New Orleans. Good place to invent a fan in New Orleans. We think it was hot here this past month. New Orleans has hot weather. And so in 1882, he was only 22 years old, but he came up with the idea of sticking some blades on an electric motor, and voila, he's got a fan. And uh, so he, he invented this fan, and the purpose of the fan was to blow air for a cooling effect. That was the purpose of the fan. Now, if I would have taken this fan, I could maybe still part, find parts of the world today, but if you were to take that fan, let's say in 1800s, and you go to some tribe in, in Africa, or you could maybe still find a place in Brazil or somewhere where they've been, never had any exposure to the outside world, and you gave them this and said, here you go, you get to use this. How many know they would scratch their heads and say, what in the world is this thing? They'd look at it, you know, what is it for? It'd be hard to figure out what, if you had no idea, you know, what is this thing for? The only way they would know what it was for and the purpose of it was to talk to the person who made it. And so if they talked to Mr. Wheeler, they'd say, oh, now I know. Or if they wrote an instruction manual, then they would know what it's for. Likewise, we don't know what we're created for unless we talk to the one who made us. Now, so it sounds really simple, but really, that's the truth. If you want to find out what you're created for, you got to talk to the one who created you. God, what am I here for? What's my purpose? Next week, we'll talk more about discovering your purpose, and we'll get into that. Uh, time's going by way too quick. Let me give you a verse. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. It's there in your notes. This is out of the Amplified Bible. So the Amplified always has more words in it, and it's a little bit louder. No, just kidding. It's Amplified. Therefore, then, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses who have borne testimony to the truth, let us strip off and throw aside every encumbrance, unnecessary weight, that sin which so readily, deftly, cleverly clings to and entangles us. Let us run with patient endurance and steady and active persistence the appointed course of the race that is set before us. The appointed course of the race set before us. Folks, you have an appointed course. Everybody here has an appointed course. God has an appointed course for you for this time, for this season. In 2013, you have an appointed course. What is the good life? What is the fulfilled life? The good life, the fulfilled life, is running in the course that God has for you. The world tells you, well, what's a good life? The good life is when you look good. Ah, if you look good, you'll feel fulfilled. And there's a lot of money that goes into advertising, and we spend a lot to look good. Oh, if I look good, I'll feel fulfilled. If I get rid of a wrinkle, if I lose a weight, if I wear this clothes, if I do this, do that, then, then, then I'll be fulfilled because I look good. Or if I feel good, then I'll be fulfilled. If I, and, and there's marketing to that. If you buy this, you'll feel good. If you use this soap, your face will feel good. You know, blah, blah, blah. All kinds of advertising. If you, you'll feel good. Or if you have the goods, you'll be fulfilled. But looking good, feeling good, and having the goods will not fulfill you. You're fulfilled when you're in your purpose and doing the good that goes with your purpose. And that purpose is the appointed course that God has for you. And we're not to choose a different course. We're to line up with the course that God has for us. Number two, if you're taking notes, purpose precedes creation. Mr. Wheeler created the fan. But before the fan was there, there was purpose. Before the design of the fan, there was purpose. 
Purpose comes before creation. The second stage after purpose was to then, okay, let's put a, let's put a design in place. Now, the success of building the fan is not determined until the fan does exactly what the purpose requires it to do. The fan is fulfilled when the fan is doing what it was created to do, when it's fulfilling what God designed it or the Creator designed it to do. And you're fulfilled when you're doing what God designed you to do. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5, it's there in your notes. It says, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as my prophet to the nations. Now, you might not be appointed as a prophet to the nations. That was for Jeremiah. But for you, before you were in your mother's womb, he said he knew you. He set you apart and appointed you. Set you apart. Wow. You're set apart. You're unique. You're, there's not another one like you in the world. The best thing you can do is be you. Don't try to be somebody else. You try to be somebody else, you're going to get frustrated. You, you'll say, oh, if I could just be like them. No, the best, most fulfilling thing to do is just to be you. Discover here, this is what, who I am. This is what I'm created for to do. And you will be the most fulfilled doing that. And others will be, their purpose can be used because you're walking in your purpose. Jeremiah 29, verse 11 says, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. You know what God's been thinking about you this morning? Yeah. I don't know. Your mom might not have thought about you. Your kids might not have thought about you. Your, your boyfriend or girlfriend may not have thought about you. But God was thinking a lot about you. Matter of fact, it says he thought so much about you. It's more than all the sand of the sea. If you went to English Bay, counted the sands, that wouldn't even start to reflect the number of thoughts that God had about you. And your worth, your self-worth is based on, catch this, your self-esteem, your self-worth is based on what you think the most important people in your life think about you. God is most important. And when you think He's been thinking about you, all these thoughts, it automatically raises your sense of worth and value. God has been thinking about you. Ever have somebody say, man, I was thinking about you this week. You're on my heart. It kind of just gives you a little boost, doesn't it? Well, let's not take it for granted. God was thinking about us. He says, I thought about you today. I thought a lot about you. It wasn't bad. God's not of this big, oh, he did this wrong, he did this wrong, he did this wrong, oh, I'm going to get, that's not what he's thinking. No, I was thinking about your future. There were thoughts of good, not of evil. I was thinking about you and to give you, look at this verse, it says a hope. It doesn't say to give you hope, but it says a hope. Hope, it's, it's specific. It's related to your purpose. Vision and hope are tied together. Hope is future. Vision is what's coming down the road. People say, oh, I want a vision statement. Companies have vision statements. You can't have a vision statement for a company unless you know the purpose of the company. And you can't have a vision statement for your life unless you know the purpose of your life. Stay with me here. Don't don't get lost in this. Because without a vision, you perish. Your life perishes. Your life is haphazard. It doesn't go anywhere. Without a vision, we perish, the Bible says. But with vision, with hope, there's something big on the inside of every one of us. There's there's something that we're created. There's a purpose for us. But if we don't know that purpose, we don't have vision. This fan has a purpose. The purpose is to circulate air for a cooling effect. That's the purpose. From that, we can have a vision. When I take this fan into my bedroom, the vision of the fan is to cool our bedroom so we can have a good night's rest. That's the vision. But before the vision came a purpose. The hope is that I'm going to have a good night's rest. I can sleep through the night because it's hot. 
But behind that was the purpose. You have a purpose. You have a design. And out of that design, you can find your vision. You can find your hope, your future. God has a hope. He's got a vision for your life. Now, there's no sense of me saying, oh, man, I'm going to have a vision of being a great musician. I am going to be the best piano player in the world. Oh, they don't have it turned on. <laughs> That's how much they trust me on this vision. I, I was going to play you. So I, I, I know one song, but I won't play it for you. Anyhow, it's probably a good thing. There's no sense of me having a vision to be a musician. Because guess what? I'm not designed for music. Eli's designed for music. Brad's designed for music. But I, I'm not designed for music. I'm designed to teach, I'm designed to encourage, I'm designed to lead, but I'm not designed for music, so there's no sense in me having a vision for that. My purpose, though, leads my vision. I do have a vision, I do have a hope to raise up a church in the heart of the city to equip people and to teach people, that's my vision, but it comes back to what is my purpose. And once you discover your purpose and you get that nailed down, then you can, oh, this is where I'm going with it. And God has a way of redeeming purpose. He's got a way of bringing us back to who we are so we can accomplish what He has for our life. Wow. Oh, there's so much I could say. Uh, This fan, the existence of the fan, is evidence that there's a need for air to be circulated in a hot day. Likewise, our existence is proof that this generation needs something that our life contains. Miles Monroe, I think it's there in your notes, he wrote a great book on purpose. He said, your birth is evidence that your purpose is necessary. The very fact that you were born, you know your birthday, right? You don't know the day you're going to die. You're living in the dash between your birthday. You know, on gravestones, they have the little dash, your birthday and the day you died. Right now, you're living in the dash. The very fact you were born, that you're here in 2013 in Vancouver, it's proof that you have purpose. God is a designer. Before creation, before the stars were hung, the, the planets were in place, before all that was there, He thought of you. You are His crowning creation. You're it. You're, you're, he said a lot more about people than He did about the stars, the moon, the trees, and planets, and animals. He, he talked about people. We're it. He's got a purpose for us at this time, at this place. Wow. What, what would happen if we all just really leaned into our purpose? What could we do? Powerful thought. Okay, let's move on. I don't want to lose you there. Uh, number three, purpose determines design. I think we talked a, a bit about that already. Psalm 139, 14, thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. And, uh, you know, if, you, if you're married, you've probably said to your partner sometime, you know, your wife, your husband, you, you are wonderfully complex. <laughs> uh, guys, I just, my own admission, there's times where I said, yes, ladies are wonderfully complex. It's complex, but it's wonderful. Wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. We are wonderfully complex. We're designed, but that wonderful design came out of purpose. Um, Boy, I just got to move along because our time is going so quickly. Number four, purpose cannot be filled in isolation. 
This is an important point. Now, let me give you an example, a different one. Let's say I had a car battery. The car battery, the purpose of the car battery is to store energy. At the right time, we put our key into the car, turn the ignition, and the energy goes from the battery to the starter. The tar starter turns the motor. The motor gets started, and wheels go in gear, and the car is moving. But if that battery was not in the car, if it was not part of the car, would its purpose be fulfilled? No. It has to be part of the whole picture. Likewise, your purpose is part of a bigger picture. Your purpose cannot be fulfilled in isolation. God designed it this way. If you look at nature, even the mosquitoes, God, why did you create mosquitoes? They're bugging me. Are you sure they have a purpose? Yes, they have a purpose. If you took the mosquito, put it in isolation, it, its purpose would perish. Likewise, your purpose will perish unless you're part of a bigger picture. I sometimes am amazed at believers who think, you know, I have a call, I have a purpose, but I don't need the bigger picture. I don't need the body of Christ. I don't have to be plugged into a church. I could, that's like a car battery being parked on its own. It can never be fulfilled unless it's part of a bigger picture. Paul talks about this in First uh, Corinthians chapter 12, verses 19 to 24. Let's take a moment to read these verses here. This is, talks about being part of a bigger picture. Verse 19, but I also want you to think about how this keeps your significance from getting blown up into self-importance, basically pride. For no matter how significant you are, it's only because of what you are part of. Our significance is because we're part of something bigger. An enormous eye or a gigantic hand wouldn't be a body but a monster. What we have is one body with many parts, each its proper size and its proper place, no part is important on its own. Can you imagine eye telling hand, get lost, I don't need you, or head telling foot, you're fired, your job has been phased out. As a matter of fact, in practice, it works the other way. The lower the part, the more basic and therefore necessary. You, can't you can live without an eye, for instance, but not without a stomach. When it's part of your own body you're concerned with, it makes no difference whether the part is visible or clothed, higher or lower. You give it dignity and honor just as it is, without comparisons. If anything, you have more concern for the lower parts than the higher. If you had to choose, wouldn't you prefer good digestion to full-bodied hair? Amen. <laughs> I have a good stomach. What can I say? <laughs> the way God designed our bodies is a model for understanding our lives together as a church. Each part depended on every other part. Every purpose depended on the other purposes. The parts we mention and the parts we don't, the parts we see, the parts we don't, if one part hurts, every part is involved in the hurt. And in the healing, if one part flourishes, every part enters into the exuberance. And so, we are fulfilled when we're part of a body, when we're with each other. Look at your neighbor and say, we need your purpose. We need each other. Okay, let's move on. Number five, purpose is permanent. Here's your memory verse for the month, Proverbs 19.21. Many are the plans in a, man, in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. Would you say that out loud with me today? Many are the plans in a person's heart, but it's the Lord's purpose that prevails. Another great verse is out of Romans 11:29 in the Amplified. It says, for God's gift and His call are irrevocable. Look at this verse. He, his purpose, your design, your purpose is irrevocable. 
You might change jobs, change careers, different relationships, but your purpose is irrevocable. It will never be changed. It says he never withdraws them once they're given. He does not change his mind about those to whom he gives his grace or to whom he sends his call. You know, the manufacturer of the fan, he doesn't come along and say, oh, by the way, uh, owners, I have changed the purpose of the fan. This is now going to be used, we suggest you use it as a boat anchor, or we suggest you, no, no, this is the purpose of it. As a matter of fact, manufacturers will go to great extent to make sure you use the product for what it was designed for, because then everybody's happy. The manufacturer's happy, and the person using it is happy. And we're happy, we're happy, happy, happy when we do what we're designed to do. If we start doing something we're not designed for, then life isn't fulfilling. I came across some interesting packaging articles of these manufacturers trying to make sure that people use the product for what they're designed for. On a Sears hairdryer, there were these instructions, do not use while sleeping. I just imagine, how would you, I mean, anyhow, I just, <laughs> gee, that's the only time I work on my hair. Maybe that was the problem. I don't know. Um, on a bar of dial soap, directions, use like regular soap. And so, <laughs> I just want to make sure you, on a Swanson's frozen dinner, literally this instruction, serving suggestions, it's just a suggestion, mind you, defrost. <laughs> I wouldn't want to eat a frozen dinner without defrosting it. Uh, on the packaging of a Rowenta iron, do not iron clothes on body. It just works better <laughs> if you put it on an ironing board. Uh, there's a whole bunch of them here. But on a child's Superman costume, wearing of this garment does not enable you to fly. Just, just so you know. <laughs> Got to cover all the bases. The purpose, they're PJs. They're not a, not a flying costume. All right. So, on a bottle of Pomalov dishwashing liquid. Do not use on food. <laughs> the purpose is to wash dishes, not to put on your pancakes. It looks nice, but it doesn't work. So <laughs> why they do that? It sounds funny. But the whole purpose of the manufacturer, the creator, is we want to make sure you use it for what it's designed for. Otherwise, it's a mess. And likewise, our lives are a mess if we're not using our life for what God designed it for. Your past will not hinder your purpose. That's good news. Because some of us look at our past and think, well, I don't know if God's going to use me because I've really made some mistakes. Paul stood up and said, I have, I've made the worst mistakes. And he's, I mean, he's preaching to a church and he's, Paul's an amazing communicator. He was made, now listen carefully, he's made with purpose. He's made with the ability to speak and communicate. A great orator, a great writer, he's made with that purpose. He's made with the purpose of leading. He's made with the purpose of facilitating. He ran a business. He ran a, uh, uh, a company that would make uh, hides, tan hides, and he was made with that. He was made with purpose, but he was also made for purpose, with purpose. Now, when he was made with that purpose, he was using it for the wrong reason. To begin with, he was persecuting the church. He said, I've been the worst. When Stephen was martyred, I was there watching the cloaks, watching the clothes, and I was encouraging them to stone Stephen. That's what I was doing. I was putting people in prison. I was rounding up Christians, seeing them executed, and now I'm preaching to the church. I'm the least qualified. 
But his purpose, his design was to lead. His design was to communicate. God redeemed it. God sanctified it. He, he took that. He didn't discard it. Oh, I can't use you anymore. No, that purpose was there. It was irrevocable. And he took that purpose, and now he channeled it for the purpose that God had, for the appointed path. That's why Paul would say, I've run the race. I've completed it. I've stayed on track now. And look at the difference that Paul made. My, 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 my. You can make such a difference with your life. Just you, just find your purpose, run with it. Don't compare yourself to others. You be you. You are created and designed by God at this moment, at this time. The enemy would love to lie to you and say, you don't count. You don't have a purpose. You're not this. You're not that. It's a lie. The very fact you're here is proof that God knew at this time you need to be here to make a difference. You're created for purpose. All right, we have to wrap this up. Number six Trials only make the purpose stronger. Purpose is resilient. When you manufacture something, let's say we're making a fan, and we, we get it going, and we, we slap some blades on the electric motor, we turn it on, and, and, the, and it starts to spin, but the fan blades begin to hit the cage, for example. What we would do is we'd say, okay, we've got an obstacle. We don't abandon the purpose we don't throw away. We go back. It's called R&D. Okay, let's adjust it. Let's, let's tweak it. Let's make it better so it works efficiently. Likewise, in life, you're going to hit trials. And that's why James says, consider it all joy. When a manufacturer sees a problem in the design, they don't go, oh, let's scrap it. Actually, they're happy they found it so that the purpose can be fulfilled. Have you ever had a recall on a car? The reason they recall the car is to fix a problem so the purpose of the car can be fulfilled. And when you run into an obstacle or challenge in your life, the way you need to look at it, frame it, is this is only designed by God for me to make a correction so that my purpose can be fulfilled. Look at James chapter 1, 2 to 4. It's there in the Message Bible. Consider it a sheer gift, friends, when tests and challenges come at you from all sides. Anybody ever had a week like that? I talked to a lady last night, and she said, I had the week from hell. If everything went wrong, it went wrong. And, and, uh, and just, but through it all, whew, an amazing story of just tremendous healing. Uh, a report coming that her, her father had uh, incurable cancer. They fought and prayed through. They did some more tests, and they could find no trace of it. Just God's at work. Miracles are happening, folks. And, uh, but it, she said it was the trials, the challenges that are there. Uh, you know that under pressure, your faith life is forced into the open and shows its true colors. So don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Let it do its work. Let it do its work. Why? So you can become mature. So your purpose can be fulfilled, well-developed, not deficient in any ways. Thanks so much for listening to the Coastal Church Audio Podcast. We hope that today's message has inspired you to live a life fully devoted to following Christ. Be sure to check out our website for other ways to watch, listen, or share this message. For more information, go to coastalchurch.org.